This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Highway on my podcast with Rocky Mayur and Abhinandan. We're back. We're hungry. And this time we're going to Kerala with Rocky Mayur Prashant and I'm Abhinandan Sekri. I will not bore you of where to write. I'll get straight into the travel and the food and the excitement that Kerala has to offer. But I must warn you, there is so much there as there is in many other states. And we were just discussing, maybe we'll have to make another trip to many of these states because we will not be able to pack it into one. So this time we're going to take you to the most amazing Kathakali performance Kerala has ever seen of two unorthodox Kathakali dancers. uh, (laughs) You will see if you subscribe to our newsletter and I will tell you how to do that later on in the show. We will take you to toddy shops. We will celebrate Onam. We will do some boat, snake boat racing. And Rocky will throw, throw in a Nagin dance also while we're at it. And the food, the food. Oh my God, the food. But first, gentlemen, Mayur, do you want to take us off with Thirunanthapuram? Whatever. Yes, exactly. And that's exactly how the first one started in Thirbibur. Because if you remember, we did that. We did an opening way back with Hungary. And Rocky was meant to stand there and say that we're right next to the Thiruvananthapuram bus station. And for some reason, that day, his tongue was all twisted and he kept going, how many takes did we do, Rock? 16, 17? I don't know, man. I think about 15, 16. I just couldn't say, Tiruvanantapuram. And now I, you got in one shot. How about that? How cool is that? I live and I learn, my friends. I live and I learn. But what a memorable day that was. Yeah. More importantly, outside the bus stand, there is the beautiful Indian coffee house. The legendary Indian coffee house. And I think the building was... Uh, Made by the famous architect Lee Corbusier, who made the uh, who planned the city of Chandigarh. Yes, right, guys. Am I right? That's right. Yes. That's right. And w- there was some communist angle that this coffee house was the communist party ka some headquarter or something. I remember there was some such angle also to it. It's round but, and round. It's red in color. But coffee houses have traditionally been always been like the adda yeah, for you know intellectual debate. And jagra and I mean, in a friendly atmosphere. I remember in Delhi all those years back, there used to be a coffee house where there's Palika Bazaar now. And it used to be similarly, you know, very raucous and loud. But this one was very special. I mean, the building is such an outstanding example of just a beautiful architect. Not that I want to rain on your parade, guys, but it was only made in 1992, I think. Because... No, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was a fairly Lee new one. came back. <laughs> came back from the dead. It was his design. It wasn't, yeah, it, he hadn't made it. He didn't stand there and make it. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe that brickwork that he does, I remember. I mean, I have, my house in Gurgaon is also made like that only. I mean, this oh, Lee Corbusier made your house? How cool no, is that? No, but the people who worked with him made my house. <laughs> so, there's, so, no, there's, anyway, either way, it's a really funky building. It's like a red chimney standing in the middle of Thiruvananthapuram. And as you walk in, the unusual bit is that you start going round and round on a ramp and you spiral your way up the building and continuously through the spiral on your right hand side are the tables which are sort of they have no view. So it's a really weird thing. It's like you know, it's like a spiral and you're sitting on a table against the wall and the waiters are walking on the ramp carrying food up and down. So if you're a waiter there, you're probably the fittest waiter in the country. If you're or very the top confused. Guys. Or very confused from going up and down in spirals and spirals and spirals. And those tables were numbered. So you went from 1 to 132. So if you were like really important, you could say, Hamarle 132 table book karo. Or uh, something similar in, in, in Malayali. Sorry. Can I repeat the question? It was designed by Laurie Baker and not like a Bouzier. <laughs> I was just <laughs> testing you guys here. <laughs> 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 Non-Indian. 
ब्रांचेस There yeah. was the communist people's photographs, all the leaders, and I said, "Why do you have these photographs?" And then someone told us that it has this communist, you know, history angle. No I, I was more interested in the cheese and cucumber sandwiches they had, and the and the dosa and the idli. So I wasn't looking at any portraits. My beautiful masterpiece was on the table in front of me, and the coffee. They always do really nice filter coffee there, man. I know the the amazing thing about the, the Indian coffee house always is the price of the food and the coffee and everything that you get. Yeah. I think it, it was like it was phenomenal even there. It was yeah. like uh, you know ten rupees, fifteen rupees an item. So for a full breakfast, I think you pay like fifty rupees and you can have a coffee, an idli vada, a dosa, and and you know possibly a sandwich and all within fifty rupees. Of course, this was ten years ago, right, guys? Twelve years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, and and for a producer of a food show traveling with Rocky and Mayu, that is godsend. Trust me. Sorry, but I'm just a mamla ho gaya fit. Fit. But but Thiruvananthapuram is not exactly the Kerala that we experienced. But was there any more exciting food there? I don't remember, boys. Because I had a very city. Okay, okay, okay. Now I'm not kidding anymore. But I'm serious about this. In uh, you know, in 1939, there was a gentleman called M. P. Azad. and there was a big uh, big sort of uh, famine which had struck kerala and the british in their wisdom decided to keep the food out of kerala so they said you can't take in raw food into kerala so mp azad to avoid that bad on raw food to avoid it he started making biryani and started cooking food and taking in bullock carts full of these large dishes of biryani and food all the way across into kerala and serving it to thousands and thousands of people and that is when his shop was born and he named it the azad restaurant he of course started it in 1940 after the famine of 1939 and uh, that is why that story is so incredible and that sort of biryani is one of my favorites uh, ever because of the history behind it but was the biryani really good uh, prashant did you eat any there it was very good and it was very different from anything i mean it's not the typical biryani that you'll eat in hyderabad or i mean it was its own thing you know and uh, but but i i remember when we stepped out of that place and we walked down that busy street with a lot of flower sellers and incense sellers and all and we came to this place where our vehicles were parked and right next to that was a public park where some musical was happening do you recall that and we hung there for like about an hour or so just just yeah. watching the musical play out it was it had begun to rain lightly and it was a beautiful setting where people were just sitting out there in that middle of the you know crossing in that public park and just watching a musical play out Yeah, that's you know that's what I say. I I always believe this, and, and and truly, you think about it if it's true or not for you, it's very true for me. One of the least disturbed Indian cultures, one of the closest that you have to an uncorrupted culture in India is the culture of Kerala. I it think Bengalis are going to come and kill you. Bengalis have stopped traveling that much. They don't travel no. anymore. They and they'll be travel. very violent, so they'll just stand and shout at him for a while and go away. And having done that, how dare you say? any culture other than bengali culture is not the authentic culture but go ahead rocky no, I mean, the the people of kerala are still so connected to you know ayurveda the way of eating the way of living the way of dressing 
uh, you know, every evening there are cultural festivals, music in temples, you know, little festivals that you have. People have stages and they're singing on the stage and dancing and performances. And every house trains people in, in music and dance and, uh, you know, the scriptures. So it's just beautiful. I mean, anywhere you go in Kerala, you're reminded that this is India and this is, you know, it's like an uncontinued culture. You go back 2000 years every evening as you sit outside a, a temple or any place where these guys gather. And I think that was the beauty of that performance also. Just music for the people in the middle of a garden for right. no reason. I mean, that's right. fantastic here. But the, the performance that I will always carry with me is in Kochi. There were these two tremendous world-famous Kathakali dancers by the name of Rocky and Mayur. <laughs> I'll even tell you more about that later. But first, Mayur, did Thiruvananthapuram offer you any food? Because in the beginning, uh, we did struggle with vegetarian food, I remember. I mean, later we got a lot of vegetarian food for you, but we struggled, right? Yeah, we did. In fact, the young man, I think he was the third generation at the Azad Hotel. He, they also had a beautiful vegetarian palau. It was a really delicious palau. But what I was really always excited about in Kerala is all the breakfast, especially the puttu kadla. And we went to a restaurant uh, there to try the puttu kadla and the different types of puttu. And we went at the back and we saw where they were steaming the, the rice powder to make this the puttu. The, this, this is in the bamboo? Uh, in the Correct. bamboo? Correct, right. correct, correct. Small place and then they let us in at the back and then we saw the actual process and stuff and we'd, we'd been looking for Puttu for a while and then we found it. Oh yes, fantastic sequence. Visually also fantastic sequence. Yeah. No, but I, I remember Mayur, I never forgive him for this. He was so, he was like, I insist on eating vegan vegetarian food. And he took me to this place in Thiruvananthapuram, which was the Pathayam Natural Health Food Restaurant. I don't know if you remember it here. <laughs> yeah, they had no electricity. So there were no juice. Rocky was like, okay, I won't have anything else. I'll just have a juice. We can't do juice because there's no electricity. <laughs> he ate salad. So uh, that's all they had here. Yeah. They had like mixed fruits, mixed fruit salad, rice flakes salad, finely chopped vegetable salad, sweet salad, beetroot salad, pineapple, grapes, dates. I mean, that's the kind of food that they have over there. So, you know. Uh, not that I'm not for healthy eating. I I insist people must eat healthy, but just I don't have to be one of those people. Don't, don't have to tell lies. You can be honest. You're I said I, I don't have to be one of those people. They can all <laughs> eat that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, here's what I would just want to point out. One of the most memorable memories for me going to Kerala is the transition from, I won't even say one of the worst roads, the worst road I have traveled on. I mean, I have traveled on patches of 100, 200, 500 meters of bad roads. But I think the worst road we have ever traveled on, and if you guys have any contenders, do let me know, is the drive from um, where we did that uh, Warriors, Kodava, um, Kanur, right? Kurg. Kurg. Mm. From Kurg, as you drive into Kerala, before you cross the border into Kerala, where the road suddenly becomes so amazing, this road before that could kill you. And we had to get off and start walking. And of course, there's another story where the drivers took off and then I had to run and another thing happened. But <laughs> the the potholes are like two feet, one and a half feet. So Rocky and Muir getting off the car gave it some more, you know, leeway to go negotiate that. So that road goes through a thick rainforest, like really thick. And then as you enter Kerala, the road becomes good and I will never forget saluting the communists. Thank you for giving us this road. And helping us. <laughs> Lal Salam. Lal Salam. We did a photograph there. Lal Salam photograph. I remember. Listen, but it was, I have to say, that was an incredibly beautiful road. It went through some of the most pristine forest I've ever seen. I remember there was a small temple next yes. to a waterfall where we just stood and took like 100 photographs because there was this beautiful waterfall on a sloping sort of 50 degree slope coming down through the forest, coming down carrying flowers and leaves. And, and there was a little temple there. It was a cloudy, misty day. 
and the potholes were incredible. I mean, at one point, the car got stuck with all four tires rotating in the air and the body of the car stuck in a pothole. We literally had to lift it and carry it out. And that was how bad the potholes were. Nobody could sit in the car. Then yeah. we just walked. The drivers took the cars and we just walked. I think about 7-8 kilometers we had to walk because the drivers had gone with the cars. <laughs> Some of us walked. The other, Niku ran. The director suddenly decided the cars were supposed to have like waited at a certain point. They weren't there. He's like, I have to save time. So he goes chasing cars. And you can tell the quality of the roads by the fact that he actually caught the cars. So you can see how bad that road was. And I was so out of breath. I felt I had corona. But... So that was that. We'll come to now the food before we tell you about the Kathakali performance of Rocky and Mayur. So Mayur, you take us where you have to take us next. But before we do that, can I please urge you to subscribe to our newsletter. You can mail us at homp2020 at gmail.com. That's homp2020 at gmail.com. With your experiences, we'll be sharing a couple of experiences right now that we have from wonderful you people who have written in. If you go to the page of this podcast on News Laundry, at the bottom, there's a link. If you click on that link, automatically the form comes up and you can also just there directly subscribe to the newsletter. But if you have anything to share with us, you can write to us at homp2020 at gmail.com. And the idea is to create a community big enough that when this lockdown ends, all of us will get Rocky and Muir back on the road and Prashant will be driving them all over the country Love to hitting the road again. And this time we'll do it without any big brands backing us. It'll just be a community of humpers. So, and, Mayo, and Muf, very, Muf, Kors, Muf Kors are also welcome to this newsletter, right? <laughs> Muf Kors are also welcome to this newsletter. But yeah. In fact, we, you, know, you know what's a great thing to do? I think we should put it out there. If we have a star contributor to helping us make this, the star contributor can ride with us. Yeah, so, we should have actually certain seg- sections where hompers come and ride with us. Yeah. yeah, if you really love the show and you want to come along for the ride, uh, you know, send in a hell of a lot of money for us to be able to do this and we will put you in the car and you can come with us for the ride and enjoy the madness and when we hit the road we don't mean we'll get out of the car and hit it with our shoes and sticks we mean we'll like get onto the road and go from one place to another we have to clarify these days can you sakte <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um, yeah mayur where where else was the food really good man let's go back to the food before we get into the performances you know in thiruvananthapuram i can't remember any more places that i ate at that had uh, really good food where was the place with the 250 plus dosas? No, that was anaculum in, in Kochi. Thiruvananthapuram, nothing stands out. Pai dosa, pai dosa. Whatever your fans. Correct. We had a fan uh, evening there. Does anybody remember any place else? There was the Mubarak Hotel, but again, they were not spectacular for vegetarian food. Okay, guys, I can tell you what I remember, but then we'll get those snarky mails that Abhinandan's contribution to the podcast is, oh, we had this at that place. I don't remember the name and the joke was cracked. I don't remember what. But there was this one place which is like some Kerala royalty, very ancient, the Muslim Mopala, Mopala cuisine. Am I yeah. getting that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we had that. I remember that was a really elaborate feast they laid out. Yeah. It was some descendants of the chefs who used to do Mopala cuisine or whatever. I believe it's on the border. No, of no, no. That had, it that had the, nothing to do with that. Was the Arakal Queen, the, the Arakal Bivi, the Arakal, all the way up North Kerala. The there was a matriarchal sort of. A lineage of royals and the queen is was the was the matriarch and she was called the Arakal Bivi and that was the Arakal royal family. So this is Mopala cuisine, na? Correct. No, it wasn't Mopala. It it was was it Mopala? It was a unique cuisine of their own, the Arakal cuisine. That was, what was, Mopla? was different. We, we did Mopla, Mopla was Zen's, Zen's cuisine. That oh. is North, na? that was in Kanur. Kanur uh, yeah. Arakal Bivi. So, we did the Mutta, they made the Mutta Mal okay, for so us. Let me just Arabic tell you about, 
Yeah, so Zans was the one that we went to, which was uh, in North Kerala, and that yeah, that was in Calicut. So Calicut is way up there in the north, just below Thalassery. If you come in from Karnataka, Calicut is up in the north. And the beautiful part about the Mopla cuisine is it's another one of those Arabic-Indian combines. When the Arabs used to come to India to trade, you know, they they wanted to have these stations of their own where people spoke their language and to make it easier. So they brought, now the story, this is the story, and I don't know how true it is, but this is how the story goes, that they brought the people who were criminals from their own area and they put them around over here to start trading and building reserves. And those people got a chance to live a free life. So they came here and they worked really hard and they set up these stations. And over the years, as they started succeeding and they started doing really well and the spice trade really picked up out of the coast of Kerala, they started marrying local women. And that is when the Mopla cuisine was born because they wanted the women to stay at home. So they sort of had this outfit that they made and they made this excruciatingly slow cuisine which take, uh, takes hours and hours to make I remember that shoot was a pain in the ass, man. We started in the morning and Yeah, lots of Arabic influences. I remember they had they had that Alisa, which is similar to our North North Indian Halim. They had the rice, thin rice rotis, the pathiris. And they and had, they, they had yeah. those mussels which are they had mussels. Rocky, do you remember you had coconut stew mussel, which is like very famous in that area? And they had these psychedelic colored desserts, right? They had like all these bright green and bright yellow and red desserts at the end. I remember they had laid it out on the table. Ooh, I, I, yeah, I mean, that, that is the mutta mala that Mayur was talking about, which is a sort of traditional mopla dessert. You know, it has these long strands that are made from egg yolk, cooked in uh, sugar syrup. And they're like sort of fluffy and sweet. And they have this steamed egg white that is along with it. And that's a fabulous meal. Eh? No, at, at Zen's, I remember eating that chicken. They had this beautiful chicken that they made. And there were eggs inside the chicken. They had sort of packed the chicken back as a whole chicken. They would sort of, you know, cooked it, put the masalas, put the eggs inside and then crossed the legs over in a certain way where you couldn't, you know, it wasn't tied or it wasn't uh, stuck to each other. It was just folded that way. And as you ate the chicken, suddenly you came across these two eggs inside and it was quite, quite unique. I mean, I've not had anything like that. And that's how you got the answer to the question, what came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> so, Prashant, you were there for the snake boat races. I don't think yeah. I was there for that sequence. Yeah, I, I think you had to come off. And I remember that snake boat race, it was an incredible day. We went there early. And, uh, it Where had, was this? It was in Arunmula. This place called Arunmula? Arunmula, I, Arunmula. Arunmula. Yeah. Aranmula. Uh, Aran, Aranmula, that's right. Aranmula, Aranmula. And uh, it was like thousands of people, man. It was thousands of people. And it they had started closing the roads going down to the river. So we had to scramble and find locations where we could shoot from, where we could be, we would have a vantage point. And it was just an incredible sight, man. And it's it's how fast those boats go. In, I mean, you know, you see it on television, you don't really realize it. But in, in, in real life, when you're there and you watch, these guys are going full pelt for, I don't know, a mile or maybe even a longer than a mile stretch. And they cross the line within like 10 minutes. It's all over. So, so if you haven't got your shot, sorry, you wait for the next. <laughs> if your camera is sir, I'm sorry. Yeah, but it was, we, we got into the real secret. You know, those boats are powered by Toddy. Because we, we were standing outside the, the main area where this before the starting line. And these guys were parking alongside. They were pulling up alongside. And yeah. I remember it was raining. There was mud and slush everywhere. And the everybody was throwing them toddy, right? Yeah, everybody right. was in their mundus. And people were throwing toddy right. on the side. These guys were just opening and drinking it. 
and there was this incredible song that they were singing, which I just remember it was called, I mean, it went something like, and it was so sort of it was like a it was like a chant and it was I almost magical as the boatman sort of uh, you know keep rhythm through and keep rhythm yeah. keep rhythm yeah and it was fabulous because i remember these long boats there were guys who were sitting in the in the middle so it started off with about 20 rows of guys who were paddling really digging in then about three rows of five six guys standing and cheering them on and they had these wet cloths in the hand that they were slamming against the boat to make this drumming sound and then another row of about 20 odd guys who were sitting and paddling and then right at the back there were two or two three rows of guys who were sort of and you know the, the boat is designed where it rises up in the back so it's about 10 feet off the ground in the back and in the middle and the front it's one foot off the ground and the guys at the back were sort of you know putting the putting their long oars in and giving direction to the boat they were the sort of pilots the the rudders of the boat be as it may. But that song and that chant and the yeah. energy and the power and the dances and the music and the rain, I mean, it was magical. I'll never forget that. And, and Mayur, Yeah, and, and you know what made it really special? I'm sure you guys remember. We'd gone there to learn recipes. It was one part of a show. And we stayed at, the, at this beautiful home. Yes. And it was like the whole home was like they practiced Ayurveda. There was yoga. Yeah. It was very calm. And we set up this beautiful... Uh, set of tables outside and he showed us how to make this very traditional dish. And, and they so gave it quiet and calm and peace. We were transported to this like sudden madness where you're standing madness, with a whole yeah. bunch of people tripping on toddy and, and doing it. But did, did we, And we had fresh toddy, do you recall? Yes. We had yes. somebody to come and sort of bring down, you know, like um, a ripe coconut yeah. and crack it open right there and offer us this fresh toddy. It was it really was, yum. It was, it, was, it, was, it was delicious. And another thing I remember, they had all those beautiful heavy stone idols. Rocky bought that whole the three layered stone idols that they had like carved out from really oh, heavy from right. like really dense right. stone yeah so by right. the way Rocky right. was that in Kerala where you bloody made me sit with you at this small shop because you wanted on particular kind of that painting which has this gold and whatever and then he had to get the one that you liked and then we had to pack it no, no. that was Tamil Nadu <laughs> That was Raja Tanjore paintings they're called, right? Tanjore, Tanjore. Tanjore, Tanjore paintings that are made with gold uh, wash. We gold, that, uh, and we come to Tamil. Wash. Sorry, yeah. I mixed up. So yeah. No, no, this was where I took you with me and we bought those stone diyas, yeah. The round yeah. layers. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a base, then a diya, then another base, oh, another right, diya, right. another base. The another one that I was confident would break in transport. Yeah. I still have that. And the one you had to carry in your handbag, it was about 15 kilos and you had to carry it in your handbag. Yeah. It's almost yeah. dying under the weight. <laughs> I, mean, I have the mortar yeah. pestle. I, I bought a small mortar pestle there. So, right. yeah. so, gentlemen, keep your stories ready of the Onam celebrations because we're going to come back and celebrate Onam. But before that, I have a few emails to read from some very enthusiastic uh, humpers and people who want to be a part of our wonderful journey whenever it happens when this lockdown ends soon. So this comes from Ayush. Hey Hump team, I'm a huge fan of your show. I have great memories of coming back from school and watching episodes of Hump every day. My favorite series is probably Hump Adda and Hump Hills, especially the tiny spots in the middle of the mountains. One of my favorite episodes is from the time you guys went to Manali and visited Shiv Keshavan's restaurant Rose Garden in Vashisht. Oh yeah, I read that mail. He's the tobogan on what's that spot called? The Luz. He's 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 almost nobody knows, but he has participated or uh, represented India in six Olympics more than yeah. any other Indian ever. So he does the Luz, the only Indian who has competed there, the Luz. So yeah, he runs a restaurant. 
then um, Ayush goes on to say, I really wanted to go there, but unfortunately the restaurant was closed for renovation when I visited. Another Homp Hills episode I loved was when you guys had gone to beer billing and ate at four tables or with Mayur's sense of humor, ate four tables and then some more. I had gone to the restaurant only a couple of months before your episode was aired and was extremely excited to see the restaurant being featured. I had also tried going to the Korean place in McLeod Gunge where the lady had trained all her Bihari staff to cook perfect Korean food, but the wait was about two hours. So we didn't end up eating there. I remember writing to you guys so that you guys could come and visit my school for Hom Padda. I had even planned where you guys would have gone to end the segment and where you'd eat at a local joint. Ayush, that is so sweet, man. We're really touched. I wish you'd made it to your school that you'd even planned the whole shoot for us. We needed production guys like you who'd have everything planned. And Ayush goes on to say, I still drool over the food served to you guys at Nawab Mir Jafar Abdullah's house. <laughs> In fact, one of the best jokes that has come out of our many shoots happened at his house. We will talk about that when we go to UP in the Lucknow episode. But Ayush, thank you so much for writing. We will happily add you to our newsletter. And when we get out there again, this time you can plan the shoot. And I'm sure you will be, I'm sure now you're not in school, you're a strapping young man doing some fancy stuff somewhere in the world. But thanks for writing. And just one more quick mail before we get back to No, the- no, I, I just want to, I just want to add here, you know, Ayush, thank you, man. I mean, you know, you'll be surprised to know this. We don't do this because we, because it's a career or we want to make money off it or because it's something that we want to do for our creative satisfaction. We do this because it's a lot of laughs. It's a lot of fun. It's entertaining. And we share a lot of love with the people who are on the road, who like us, who, who we like. And, you know, our fans are really important to us. They've always been. In fact, we did a whole series of yeah. fans where we would meet with our fans in every show. But this is the purpose of this show, man, is to tell people about the food of India and to just share some love and hugs and happiness and to tell people that there's a better way to live than just being bad to each other and telling each other where our faults lie, which is just to, you know, just hug some people, be nice to some people. I mean, not during the time of social distancing, of course. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and of course, Mayur's favorite line of Mayur's byline of "Esi koi jaga nahi ja, humne haga nahi." That is a different one for Mayur, but uh, this hug is a different hug. This hey, but that one's all about social distancing because nobody wants to come close to you. Yes, such such oh. is the irony of life. And then uh, Rohit go tells us, "Hey, love your podcast. I have seen your show occasionally." But just when I was flipping channel, I didn't know Mayur was veg. I've never been a fan of most food shows because I'm a vegetarian. I've watched hours of your show on YouTube and the series on Amazon Prime. It is so much fun. I went to Delhi for a month. Every year during my summer vacation, I live in Mumbai. I was obsessed with Dal Makhani in Delhi and the Patele Ka Chola Kulcha. I forced relatives to get the Chola Kulcha whenever they come to Mumbai. Also, everyone in my house is obsessed with Rawat Ki Kachori from Rajasthan. We are Marwadi from the Shikhawat region. Have you guys had that? It's really famous. Well, Fantastic. yes, I will have you know, director Prashant's wife is from Rajasthan. So he is pretty much, we've lost him to Jaipur. The Punjabi is dead in him. So, <laughs> so, and even the Rajasthan episode, we'll have the same problem. There'll be too much to fit into just one. So we'll figure out how we do that. But yeah, those are the emails. Now, um, yes, Mayur, where are you taking us next? Tell us about Onam. Why was it special? I, what did you eat? What did I eat? I want to quickly respond to this young man and say, good for you for... Being vegetarian and next time you go down to Delhi, go to, uh, Rocky, where is it? Nanke Chole in Old Delhi. Near, uh, near, is it near Chavri Bazaar? Sadar Bazaar. Sadar Bazaar. Thank you. He needs to go to YouTube, enter Rocky and Mayur and leave a gap and write Delhi. Rocky and Mayur is one word without any gaps. R-O-C-K-Y-A-N-D-M-A-Y-U-R, one word. And then a gap and Delhi. 
and he will get a list of all the best places to go to to eat in Delhi. And that's the only thing you need to be able to eat good food across the country. Just do Rocky and Mayur enter the name of the city on YouTube. But so, do that. Do that only if your salary is not being cut, like many people, because there are many choices there. <laughs> no, no, of course, and and we have ninety second videos on the best eating places across the whole country. We also join our YouTube channel and do this, and and you'll be able to get an idea of where the best food is. But right now we're on highway on my podcast, so you catch us on homp two zero two zero at gmail dot com. That's h o m p two zero two zero at gmail dot com. Write into us, tell us why you like the show, tell us what you like about it. We'll put you onto our uh, mailing list. Get onto our mailer. Let's have some fun. Keep listening to the podcast. All right, where are we going next, Mayur? Mayur is telling us about Onam. Why it's special, the significance, and he's going to do a socio-political deconstruction of the festival. Deep, deep. Zada to nahi bol diya partner. Zada to nahi bol diya. Ab boli diya tha sabalega Mayur. English me pada londa. Back in the day, there was a horrible demon called Mahabali, and he got a boon, and he oh, said, "Oh, Bhai Sab, Bhai Sab, sorry, time out. Mahabali was the king here." He wasn't a demon. He was a good guy. ठीक है बोल ही दिया है तो बोल दे यार अगर हम को कबूजियर बना सकते हैं तो साले डीमन लोकिंग भी बना देंगे ऐसी ये बात है नहीं hang on hang on I never said he wasn't a king he was a king but a demon king हाँ point and I think he was supposed to and you can correct me in the story he was supposed to have taken over the the he took over the netherworld he took over he took over He took over Earth, and then he was going to heaven, and then all the gods got scared, and they went to Lord Vishnu, and Lord Vishnu said, "Mai kuch karti," and he came in the form of the dwarf Vaman in one of his incarnations, and he said to Mahabali, he said, "I want only as much land as you can give me in three steps." Oh, right, the Vaman avatar, correct? Yes, and then oh. Mahabali said, "Okay," because he was a king, he wanted to keep his word, and then Vaman grew into this giant with his first step, he covered. The netherworld or heavens, the second step, and then he said, "I have nowhere else to left to put my foot." And Mahabali said, "Well, I made a promise, so you can put it on my head." So and he put it on Mahabali's head, and he blessed him and said that every year for Onam, you can come back and be united with your subjects again. Achha. And that is the story of Onam. Fantastic. Well done, Mayur. Well done, yeah. Well done, yeah. One thing is, I understand. Is my hathi where they come from? Because Onam's ki celebration, if you remember, we went to that famous yeah. temple in Kochi, yeah. and there were all those giant elephants with oh the my beautiful. God. Uh, Uh, the 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 Address, the, the golden decorations with with jewels in them and they were all lined up and there's that whole procession and then it goes into the onam sadhya so and there where did the elephants two, come from there were these two big bulls i remember they were being dressed and they started shouldering each other yeah it was so scary man and making that very low kind of sound it was so scary that these fellows if they lose it and and also the mahouts yeah they're like huge fellows themselves Yeah, but these these elephants were giants. You know, usually you'll have you'll have these elephants in India, which are about ten or eleven feet at the temple. You know, at the top of the head. I've never seen so, bigger elephants. But these guys who must have been like what fourteen, fifteen feet yeah. at the head. Yeah, they were huge. I mean, I have a shot of Prashant standing next to one. Prashant, you are below its mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Entire yeah, yeah. head was above you. Yes, yeah. so the guy must have had like a good five feet above mm-hmm. your. You know, you're six feet tall. So uh, you know. Another five feet above you is he must have been at least eleven feet at the shoulder. Yeah, eleven, twelve feet, and twelve, thirteen at the head. I mean, it was massive bulls. And I, and I think if I remember, we went to the temple where his, you know, where his head had gone into the ground, mm. and there uh, the the largest elephant carries the the statue or that you know beautiful description, the the, the metal gold thing they have of Correct. Mahabali, and they put a chhatri on it, and this procession goes out. 
and uh, so beautiful yeah, just to be a part of that thousands of people but it is terrifying to see those seven or eight gigantic elephants just surrounded by people and drums and firecrackers and you just imagine if one of those elephants starts running what's going to happen to those it's people happened yeah there are many in fact on youtube you can even see videos of elephants going off during the celebration yeah. and trampling people i mean of course it's debatable whether elephants should be allowed to i mean should be made to do all this but we won't get into the depressing stuff right now yeah, yeah, the, ele- the elephants look around and say i pick you your mahabali squish i pick you your mahabali squish <laughs> <laughs> so it was the it was the it was the uh, Trikkakara temple in in Kochi. This is where the elephants were, and that, like Rocky said, it's it has special significance. It's the only temple dedicated to Vaman. And then we went in for the Onam Sadhya. Do you remember? We yeah. had to wait quite a while. I mean, they had so many people serving in those giant out of those uh, giant karais, and still we had to wait a while before we got our turn. And who went oh. really fast there? It was spectacular. I remember going behind the uh, going behind the temple. and seeing that kitchen yeah so there were elephants tied on one side and this long kitchen that extended right past where the elephants were and everything that was sort of left over or extra they were throwing to the elephants and they were eating it and they were making this sadhya and there were like i think 4 500 people sitting down at one point and they would just eat and then they'd roll up the entire table length of uh, tablecloth and throw it down on one side and lay out a fresh one and again put out 500 plates they would eat and again 500 plates were removed and 500 new there's no just, lingering there's no yeah. lingering. eat you, and get out eat, eat and, and move out. eat and move but also but, you know one thing that struck me at that time and it's it's, it's i think kerala is one of that rare states in all of india where the people are extremely religious okay and they are very modern in their outlook at the same time and they're they're able to keep two very different ideas in their head at the same time here you know i mean if you see the onam celebrations or this what is that tiger dance that they do you know tiger people, hunter tiger hunter tiger dance. hunter dance yeah people participate in very large numbers you know and they're very very religious and they're very devout people but at the same time they're very modern in their outlook here yeah no but, but onam is sort of my favorite festival in all of india because uh, we went down to that place where they were making the snake pukalams you know the beautiful flower arrangement and there were these young children these young girls and boys who were making them and they were half of them were muslim 20 30% of them were christians 10 15% of them were hindus they were all different religions i mean i remember a sikh a young sikh boy who was playing the mridangam while the music was going on and i was like dude i mean this is like incredible it's mm. a festival that's celebrated by all religions so onam doesn't really belong to one religion and that's the great thing about the people of kerala i mean like you said they're very religious but they really don't want to kill anybody else from any other religion that's so wow. refreshing in india <laughs> it's so wonderful man so that is onam fantastic spectacular can i just urge you now this podcast is available on all podcast platforms stitcher itunes spotify if you just give us a high ranking you know if you have a five star ranking you have five star of favorable rating the likelihood of others finding us will be increased and then this tribe of hompers will increase so can i please urge you to just pause give us a favorable review and a high rating so that we can make our tribe of people who want to spread the goodness happiness camaraderie and celebration of india a little bigger on that note why don't rocky now you tell us where do you want to take us next do you want to come with kathakali now or do you want to save that for the climax when two amazing artists performed kathakali in kochi like kochi had never seen or should should we eat something also we met a vegetarian crocodile in our in our travels to kerala by the way <laughs> and we have photographs that we will put yeah but but that's those both those are incredible stories but the kathakali one is nice because we were also very specifically teaching people a fish fry recipe 
I think you've forgotten why that whole Kathakali dance was done. This so it is the only time on a food show anywhere in, in anywhere in the world where for the first eight minutes there is no dialogue. There is only a Kathakali performance, and through that performance we teach you the exact recipe of fish fry in the traditional dance form of Kerala. How cool this, was that? This was not just a modern rendition of the traditional Kathakali, but a post-modern rendition <laughs> of Kathakali seen like never before. <laughs> it, it, it was... And it just, it was so much fun even editing it, remember? You know? <laughs> yeah, man, it was fun, man. That was amazing one. Mayo, what do you say? It was, it had a very traditional name too, do you remember? No. It was called Must Try Fish Fry. Must try, yeah, it was called Must Try Fish Fry, correct. <laughs> we called it Must So guys, we went, this was in Kochi. Uh, and by the way, Kochi is magical. You won't be able to cover all of it. One of my most memorable sequences is at... What are those nets called? Kochi nets? Uh, the Chinese, Kochi. Chinese, Chinese nets. Yeah. They I, came from the time of Kublai Khan. The traders at the time of Kublai Khan brought those nets and they're still used till date in Kochi. It's a very touristy thing to do, but it's one of those touristy things that is very satisfying. It's beautiful. And there was this one uh, restaurant or dhaba that had this falcon or kite or whatever that was sitting there. But Rocky was fascinated. That would take the scraps of the raw meat that was left. What was that, Rocky? That that bird? Yeah, it was it was a kite. I think it was somebody's a kite had got hurt and they had put it up there and they were taking care of it. But listen, don't let's go to the Kathakali, man. It took us like two and a half, three hours each to get the full makeup and the costume on. So don't just go over it in like one minute. No, no, I, I was coming back to it. I was in fact just gonna say that it was in Kochi and that sequence took a long time to prep because the it's really elaborate. A they're making the paints. So they make these paints and then they paint these two boys who were sitting there bare-chested and Mayur's predominant was green and black. The photographs will be there in the newsletter. And Rocky was like, did they paint you over your beard? Did Rocky, do you have a beard? It was like amazing. It was yeah. really phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I had the beard and I was the evil hunter and Mayur was the sweet, gentle cook. Yeah, your, your name was Katalan, the evil hunter, non-vegetarian, meat-eating hunter. And I was Nalli Keran, the wow. honest vegetarian cook who now had to cook the fish that Katalan had caught because he had an arrow and all. like, I'm going to shoot you. But yeah, that makeup, man. Sitting there for like two hours and then it dries and it cakes. Vegetable dyes, it cakes on your face. It's hot. Even being bare-chested and once they put the costume, do you remember how much we sweated? Oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah. but that was so cool because the sweat just goes right through that paint. Yeah. The paint stays where it is. It doesn't streak or run. And that is quite an amazing thing. I mean, so Kathakali is like such an ancient dance form. And it's so expressive because, you know, you use expressions to say everything. And there was a Guruji there who was teaching us basic expression. I mean, you know, we, we said, do the, the, you know, what is it? What do we do for happiness, for joy, for anger? And he showed us the expression that his face would just change into this different sort of person. And of course, we were not even half as good. But we did try them all quite badly. Not even half as good, Rocky, as so modest. I think he disemboweled himself with a wooden spatula after we left. When he saw what we did to it. In fact, you know what? That clip is available online on YouTube. And maybe we can put that in the newsletter. Oh, we will. Okay, we'll put that uh, clip. So in that the people can actually see Katalan and teaching everybody how to make fish fry. And poor Nali Keran having to make it. That'll be cool if we can put it online. Yeah, we, but I will just say that this was not, I mean, we may be like cheap dates, but this we did at an actual place where Kathakali is performed. You know, they have, of course, the major ones that you see. But in Kerala, there's lots of small, small halls where they performed local Kathakali. So we had actually rented out on these small halls and there were about 50 chairs, which we did not have a ticketed show. I was not sure whether anyone would buy tickets. So 
the crew sat and watched rocky and muir perform it was quite a satisfying afternoon i will say rocky i have not been a kadardan or a connoisseur of kathakali and the finer art forms but that was a very satisfying afternoon <laughs> thank you thank you we of course are quick learners and our 5 minutes of instruction did really well mm. so from the spectacular kathakali performance uh, prashant why don't you tell me one of your memorable meals or experiences of kerala yeah we've shot there so often guys there's few places and again i don't want to say this because some states have more or less every state here has lots to offer but for whatever reason some of them are you know production reasons some of them are reasons of because that state has been sold as a tourist destination there's a lot more stuff that's easily accessible there are about you know 10 12 states where we have you know shot extensively over years again and again and again for different reasons kerala is one of those so prashant what next i remember the toddy shop that we went to i mean we went to many toddy shops but this one toddy shop was very special because it was uh, it was like going to a very you know like a back alley kind of dive theka in the <laughs> middle of some haryana village the bulla pandal you know, toddy shop bulla pandal it was loud it was raucous it was people were like gesturing they were completely i mean they were completely out of their uh, you know they were completely drunk <laughs> they were drunk solid like and they were like it was just so much fun because nobody really bothered with you but it was loud and and i just remember that rocky while rocky got a really good meal there you know uh, mayur was left sort of sitting there drinking his this toddy and eating his little bit of beetroot salad and some beetroot sauce. salad rice and thoran a little and, bit of thoran they yeah. gave me <laughs> that was that all was that it. you had we got that by boat right no this uh, this is a proper prashant is talking about is the mulla pandal toddy shop but yeah we we did go to a, a, a toddy shop in a boat and i remember that this was in the backwater somewhere and this was uh, i think this was near koteyam or something yeah uh, it was from uh, alapura you have this backwater stretch where you can get these rice boats they are called ketuvalams and uh, they come up all the way to uh, where, where does uh, joe live mayur to to koteyam they go all Kotiam. the way to koteyam yeah. so koteyam to alapura you have these rice boats the ketuvalams that you can take and come up and they'll cook food to you they cook food for you on the boats itself but the most beautiful thing is that if you pull up to one of these little islands along uh, uh, the backwaters or to the edges you have these toddy shops which is one of the places that we went to and i remember that you know you you get amazingly spicy food because you can't really taste it after you've had too much toddy the food doesn't taste as good so you make really highly spiced food to get a kick and it is so much fun and i remember the challenging the owner who was a little drunk i was like how much do you have to drink to get drunk and he was like for me i need about 2 liters but for you 1 liter is enough and i was like acha one for me i will have three and i, I remember drinking three <laughs> liters of toddy stack <laughs> you know when we were and, and i remember leaving that toddy shop and, and that boat went, without a driver <laughs> I, <went out. laughs> i remember that i went out and there was a boat and where the handle of the boat was where the steering wheel of the speed boat was there was nobody there the guy was sitting in the back controlling the boat with an outboard motor and i was so drunk that i couldn't believe it i was like there's nobody driving the boat and it's going on its own <laughs> i was so shocked man but yeah Toddy is a really nice high, and for some reason, instead of making you angry and violent like it does in most of Punjab, Haryana, It's and North India, where everybody gets drunk and gets into fights, Toddy gives you a really nice, buzzy, happy high. So you get yeah. really nice and happy. And I was really happy in Kerala, man, because Toddy is just awesome. Mayo, what do you remember other than your beetroot salad and feeling bad for yourself? Oh, are we back to Mullo Pandal? I remember it was called that because it was like a jasmine garden, and they had the little jasmine 
plant outside and then we went in brightly colored walls open kitchen again the guy was cooking really fast it was almost like chinese wok style cooking he already had the base with water and all and he would add the spices in it and in would go whatever that he was cooking and a woof big flame and it would come out food was coming out really fast and he gave us toddy in those big plastic jugs Mm. And then so, yeah. remember there was a strainer because there was like flies yeah. and and yeah. all sorts of stuff. Then you had like everybody got a strainer and you had to pour the toddy and like make sure you strain all the hornets and bees and flies out of it. But the food, I remember the first time I saw a case of not only you looking at your food but your food looking back at you because they served Rocky that fish head, giant fish heads too, eh, Rock? Yeah, that was really yeah. good, man. Fish heads are really nice, you know, because you have fish have a lot of sudden fish have a lot of meat in their cheeks. so you get a nice big clump of fish but fish head is a delicacy in bengal and kerala all these areas uh, and people love it and again because it's so highly spiced is beautiful and if you go to the kitchen these are really traditional kitchens so you have wood fires burning ancient wood fires the walls are black with soot and you have these big bamboos that have been stuffed with the puttu uh, that they that are cooking up there and you know the rice is being cooked in uh, wooden uh, vessels i mean instead of metal metallic uh, dishes to cook rice in pans and pots they they were using a wooden thing to cook rice in and the flavor was just out of the world i mean that kitchen was like from another century and there were like three four old ladies in there and a bunch of old gentlemen and everybody was above 60 years old at least yeah mm. and what food yeah oh prashant you remember eating that food we went Fantastic. mad yeah. we were Jeez, you guys were going crazy fish prawn squid uh, yeah. crabs was there rabbit also No, that farm rabbit. No, so the not, rabbit not, was not at uh, somewhere in Hyderabad. I remember they were serving uh, rabbit there. This was not Kerala. No, it was Kerala. In fact, you know what was very popular in Kerala, and this is how food changes. People keep wondering how does how do food habits change? Food habits change very rapidly because frogs were really popular in Kerala once upon a time. So frogs, you know, entire frogs was eaten very very. It was relished all over Kerala, and turtles were eaten very regularly. because they were easy to catch and they were part of the fresh catch every day so there are restaurants which which advertised in 2007 8 they used to advertise turtles frogs rabbits uh, quail etc but now some of these meats like turtle and frogs have gone off the menu because it is illegal to catch and cook turtles and it's illegal to eat frogs now in kerala because their numbers are diminishing so fast so that's how food habits change now you know chicken has become a very popular meat mutton has become very popular but you know sense seafood of course there was this one place near hyderabad which was serving i think uh, rabbit yeah. eagerly if i'm not wrong was yeah, yeah. Was, i mean rabbit and between... quail is common at a lot of places yeah i think we were driving between vijayawada and uh, hyderabad and we had stopped at this place and uh, yeah but first we said that it, yeah we should do it what did you eat at the toddy shop i had uh, he had some very spicy uh, uh, shrimp prawn you know and uh, I had a whole plate full of that. That was divine because we were all drunk after the shoot. We had all sat down and we had had you know bowlfuls of whatever meat, fish, whatever he would bring out. And I think we were all we all had like half a jug of toddy also. Yeah, but but listen, I remember this little fish called matti. I don't know what the name of it is in English or in any other language. I only know what it is in Malayalam. It's called matti and it's cooked with little chilies here, and it is really fiery and deep fried and hot. and sometimes they cook it in a gravy which is like fire gravy and i remember prashant and me just stuffing our mouths with it like it was going out of fashion yeah we were eating like 10 at one go yeah. you remember the matti prashant they like yeah. i, I remember you your little finger stuffing your face yeah. very often uh, you know just want to share this with our audience so prashant and i have co-directed many shows together and several of them have been food shows i remember the big problem was that whenever we used to shoot 
any sequence with the food show the rocky and mayur i am not much of a foodie as you know but other than not being a foodie i'm severely allergic to shellfish i have a life threatening allergy so i don't even touch it so i tell the production i have to move this prawn like this so you know with a lot of time light light karke we set the table and i just turn my head for 2 minutes to like check on something else and i'd look back and you know the perfectly placed table two prawns would be missing one crab leg would be missing i'm like dude we had to take a shot and then prashant would be looking at me with his mouth stuffed and rock <laughs> would be whistling looking the other way pretending that mai kaha hu i'm to i'm invisible i'd say guys we just set we took half an hour setting this table up can you wait till we take a shot ha sorry yaar i was just trying if it's okay so prashant i was just making right sure our anchors didn't fall who, who made sure i fucked up every shot <laughs> by eating the food <laughs> by eating the food before we had taken the shot and i was like guys just let us shoot then you eat man and even if that chilika dhaba which had the biggest oh my god in orissa yeah. will take you there yeah. it is a magnificent place but i know but i are you sure that it was matti and the guy just wasn't drunk and he was trying to say machhi and he was totlang so he was like ye kya hai ye badi tasty ek ka fish ka kya naam hai matti no actually no, no, it it's was, sardine it's sardine sardines are called mattis i just checked yeah it was matti because i was like tumhari matti mari gayi hai and he was like ha sab mar gaya hai sab you know like okay you have no idea what i'm saying but uh, but listen koteam was you know i i just want to repeat this i remember this little place in koteam i think it was called the manipura vaisali family restaurant and manipura was like m a n i p u z h a i don't know how you pronounce it but it's probably manipura manipura pura like pura. like uh, like uh, aragiri like politician aragiri like aragiri aragiri so manipura manipura vaisali restaurant and going in while we were outside the first thing we saw on top was a turtle and then as we got closer we saw snails frogs rabbits quails eels sea cucumbers and this was all on the menu and then once we went in they said look turtle and frogs we don't have because that is now illegal but everything else we can give you and i remember eating some sea cucumber over there in kerala so so really i mean remember this is a coastal area and a backwater area so they eat a lot of stuff from the ocean but thankfully now turtles are off the menu and i think that's something that we should all do guys i mean food that doesn't belong to anybody it's not grown for eating must never be touched turtles belong to the wild they belong to nature and you know the ecology the environment of the world is in such in a delicate balance right now it could easily be completely destroyed by one mistake or the other like so we please, have witnessed chamgadar and armadillo ha to chamgadar khaoge armadillo khaoge pangolins khaoge to corona se maroge usse acha ye hai apne ghar mein baitho chicken khao mutton khao eat the things that are grown to be eaten that belong to people who have grown them for you pay the money and eat but we have been to a market in nagaland where it is legal to sell a lot of things that aren't legal in the rest of the country we'll come to that even though it may not be legal they don't act against it because culturally it's a very important part of that but that when we get to nagaland so uh, we have a lot to cover in kerala we will not be able to finish it all because the munar tea country we haven't even touched we haven't even touched some of the you know the jew street we've done some very interesting stuff on jew street not all of it related to food those antique shops on kochi ju ju market you know ju street am i getting it right or am i yeah, yeah. ju market kochi ju market right ju are then, absolutely right my friends for a change so um there's lots of that but i would like to share one little input from all the you know journey and driving we've done in kerala and we've done a lot of it one is the roads are not as wide as many parts of karnataka tamil nadu or you know other parts but they're really good but narrow and beautiful it's a beautiful driving place 
I remember pulling up next to the ocean and we played football with these guys. It's a very sporty place, Kerala. The per capita gyms there, at least when we were there, was amazing. You go to the smallest village, you pass through the smallest village, it will have a furniture shop and it will have a gym. It may not yeah. have anything else. And I was like, why is everyone like buying furniture? Why are there furniture shops even in the smallest village where you have a problem finding a dhaba? And you'll find these magnificent hotels which are not Taj or Maurya, but in their grandeur, they're as good, like in the middle of bloody nowhere. In fact, Rocky just reminded me, there was this one hotel called Hotel Travancore Palace in a place called Shertalya. And I was like, why is such a huge, enormous, luxurious hotel in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> yeah, I remember that place, man. That was Chartala, Chartala. Yeah, not Chartalya, whatever you said. Gods. And we had such a grand meal there and we felt like kings. They said, we sweet, we are gentlemen, we are five-star. Well, that's, that's what happens when you go to the Middle East and you make a lot of money and you come back to your ancestral village and you want to no, start a restaurant. Not ancestral village, there it's called, you come back to your native. Native. You come back to your native place <laughs> and there you want to start a restaurant. So you come to Chartala. And you open Hotel Travancore Palace. Now, if the owner is listening to this podcast, my deepest apologies, but it is a stunning place. It's made of the traditional architecture of Kerala. So as you walk in, there's you park your car and you walk in and bang, suddenly you're in this paradise. I mean, huge pillars, massive central pond. The restaurant is all around it. It's like a five-star restaurant. And it's just a highway dhaba. That's the best I can describe it. And as you go in, you have this long walk lined on both sides by a garden and then massive rooms in a beautiful hotel. And I don't even know what the tariff is because, you know, uh, Nico was paying for it, but it couldn't have been too much because he's really greedy. It, it'll be four times what it was now, especially after you said all these things about his hotel. He'll be like, normally we charge 20,000 rupees, but for you, one lakh. No, I was, I was really surprised. I still can't understand why would that hotel go full or why would anyone stay there in the middle of nowhere like between two towns in a village no but that it, one is still okay but i don't know if you remember the honeymoon suite that we got at another yes. place yes. oh my god we, we talked to that andhra pradesh <laughs> i will never forget that yes that, that was andhra right every yeah. wall was a different color what a sweet it was yeah but listen that's not it's 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 not just the hotels is it do you remember in kochi we went to a place called real arabia just all those past years and they were doing this is again somebody who'd worked in the Middle East and he came back and he had the, uh, uh, what, what do you call them that they have in Arabia, where they have the, the donut kebabs, the donut kebabs. No. And he had these donut kebabs, he'd set up this, this whole donut kebab and they were slicing off that meat and then putting it and right. serving it yeah. on these plastic seats and, and, and people were loving it, they were lapping it up. And then there was a guy in a place called Cherai who'd again been influenced by his time abroad and come back and opened a place where he was serving fried chicken. It was called Chick Inn in Cherai. So a lot of them are also coming back and bringing back all the food that they like. So not just taking their food influences there, but even in today's modern age, now we're, we're seeing this. And Kerala has always been open to that, right? Whether it was mapla cuisine or now it's it's uh, donut kebabs. They're always very open to like new ideas and they're happily yeah. flocking to eat it because that place was full. Yeah, it was it was really rocking. And we'd gone there fairly night. I think it was like past Eight. midnight that we'd yeah. gone there. Yeah, no, that real, real Arabia is a, is a cool place. You know, no, you must remember that people from Kerala enjoy their meat. Eh? I mean, they love their, you know, beef chili fry. They love their pork. I mean, they love their chicken. They love their uh, mutton, everything. So when you come back from a place like uh, the Middle East, you've been eating shawarmas every day as a snack on the road because that's the cheapest food that you'll get. 
and it's delicious and it's tasty and it's fresh and it's got you know pickles and it's got meat and it's got spice and flavor and gravy and it's got carbs like a parotta so you can eat that here. so as people come back i think that is one thing that struck me about all of kerala not just kochi but the entire uh, area around kerala that you'll get your uh, you know your meat grills and your you know roasted rotisserie chickens and your flatbreads almost everywhere the shawarmas the mashed potatoes vegetables you'll get them all over kerala and it's such a nice thing and you know again another food influence that's just come in recently from the middle east and is so popular in india right now so i for one love those shawarmas and now there are so many different types even within kerala you'll have 20 different kinds of flavors in fact i i went there about 6 months ago i was in kochi for for a business meeting and they had i went to a shop that had four types of of chicken shawarmas and they were brilliant i mean there were just four different flavors obviously don't exist in arabia or in the middle east but they exist in kochi although i wonder if kochi would be what we remember because so much of so many cities that we went to have changed i mean for no, example no, it's changed completely it's changed completely we went to now yeah but, yeah Kerala is a rich state. But the food, the food, I'm sure is 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 still fantastic. They're very experimental. Uh, we we were talking somewhere, and Rocky uh, reminded me also of that place we went to, the Pie Brothers Dosa. Whoa! They had, they had 250 plus types of dosa, including quail's egg and nine cereal. And again, he was. They started as a small shop. They used to charge 50 paisa for a dosa, and now they've grown to this place. Do you remember? Like, yeah. Packed yeah. people thronging, and it was down a little narrow alley, and still everybody was there. So the people of Kerala are very happy to experiment. The more choice you give them, the happier they are to eat. Yeah. We we'll just go over quickly the last three mails and then we'll come back to the conversation. This comes from Anu. Hi, fellas. Just heard your podcast. Just wrote a few messages to a WhatsApp group imploring them to do a road trip post COVID. Ironically, I also felt better hearing about the trips. Digressing. I am a manufacturer of hand churned ice cream in Mumbai. Wow. Consider this an invite. Yeah, he gave a link to his place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should go. Rock. Ala in South Mumbai. He's given the link to his place. His name is Anup Mehta. Anup, we will take you up on that when the boys are on the road again. Ice cream, so you will eat. Mukha, don't go. Pakka, pakka, absolutely, man. And we'll only eat like four five kilos, so don't worry. We don't eat too much when you're on the road. Imagine also, how long it will take them to get four five kilos of ice cream from hand churn. Buddha chakki, pi, Amit chakki, pi. But the crew is also welcome. Rocky Mayur ice cream eat. Crew is also welcome. Prashant, yeah, take ya. Crew is of course welcome. Then no, no, it's completely. But listen, let's let's before you read the next mail, let's just go back to Kerala for a quick point over here. Kerala has always been an extremely rich state. I mean, they've always been advertising this massive jewelry and this gold and diamonds and these. You have these beautiful ladies wearing incredible jewelry on hoardings all over each city. And Cochin has evolved and developed like that. And and that is why Kerala is so open to different cultures. A high level of education, a very educated, sensible, you know, population. people that are open minded and yet proud of their heritage and you know their traditions and that makes for a really friendly happy environment so when you go to kerala you're surprised with how many people are actually out every evening eating great food talking to each other enjoying festivals listening to music dances it's just a nice place to be in there and and that will never change and one of the most fantastic campaigns of the god's own country campaign one of the most successful i think as far as indian tourism is concerned yeah, yeah. you you know i <laughs> since we're talking so much about kerala i remember something about kerala i remember our audio guy from tamil nadu who was complaining because remember we were on that long stretch and he wanted right. to have a wee wee by the side of the highway and he's like too many people in kerala no place to stop because there were like homes and shops you couldn't he couldn't find like a 100 meter gap uh-huh. along the side of the highway where he could get off the highway go into the fields and relieve himself he's like too many people in kerala at one of our 
favorite you know uh, colleagues who was a driver uh, in our travels across the country was from tamil nadu and hari when he went to kerala his car was stopped and pulled over and he started fighting with the cop and then we were saying hari calm down don't fight just figure out what needs to be done and we'll move you know we need to shoot <laughs> no sir they see tamil nadu number they stop us sir they are not liking tamil people here that is why they are stopping we are not, nothing wrong sir and i was like dude said, no sir this rivalry tamil nadu and kerala i was like dude okay i didn't know there was anything. like tamil nadu number politics that if they see a tamil nadu number plate then they stop you but kalyan has written in saying thanks for reading out my mail in the fifth episode kalyan is by the way from assam so he had written from assam so we'd asked him does paradise still exist he says paradise yeah. still exists although the quality has deteriorated a little bit but it's still good if you come to guwahati to try do try the following places khorika for assamese traditional food reboti chaat house or chowmein paratha house or parathas oh funny and momo ghar for momos how about that <laughs> just so that you are never left in doubt where to eat when in assam but kalyan we hope you will take us around when we get to assam i'll count on it so do make sure you have all these places ready cuz you hopefully will be with us when we do all this when we get on the road again yeah and i just want to say being the first television show on indian television that actually spoke and critique restaurants we have made a lot of the really good places even more famous so korika is one of the places that we went to in our assam episode and we'll tell you more about that when we get to assam paradise is also one of the places that we went to when we were in assam so you know we 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 used to do a lot of research in picking up the most popular and the best places and we would eat at them and if we liked them we would then put them on the show and that was uh, that's a really sincere method of picking the best places and we'd also discover a lot of new places and if we saw something interesting we'd say stop let's check it out like the the one in bhopal we we kind of stumbled upon from local knowledge like we got there we asked around so there was a lot of that as well so guys we're going to have to wind up in like 5 7 minutes so please keep your quickly your last favorite stories ready so whether that should be the monarchy i know we haven't covered a lot of it but prashant why don't you go first keep a story of kerala that that was spectacular grand hotel kochi which one grand hotel kochi prashant grand hotel kochi grand hotel grand hotel prashant grand hotel kochi i'm whispering we've already done that now to be yeah. in the beginning you spoke we we were discussing it before the talk we haven't done oh, it in the talk not we haven't done it yet on the audio yeah, yeah. come on you don't grand hotel come on make it a part of the podcast prashant tell yeah. us about the grand hotel yeah i mean i'm surprised that we haven't spoken about the grand hotel so far yeah i mean it's <laughs> this is the most one of the most outstanding places you can eat in in kochi and perhaps in all of kerala a huge menu everything done to perfection and very nice place to sit down and have a really good grand meal at the grand hotel in the grand pavilion i think if i'm not wrong that restaurant is called grand pavilion yeah it was and, it, yeah it was full and, of it was full of families like yeah, families was, i mean it, it was a it's one of those places where yeah niku i think you shouted at me because my fingers were all over rocky's <laughs> dishes you know just testing okay. for the camera started Stop. rolling oh god i got i was i was really worried there when you said my fingers but but now that you landed yeah, that line yeah. i'm quite happy and relieved <laughs> it was good old days no covid showed nonsense you know you could sort of dip into other people's dish and not not be swatted away i doubt if anyone would let you do that today yeah, oh boy but i mean all you guys did more than all of us actually did more than dip into that food that chef was called k a k K S O K A Joseph. He'd been there for 25 years, and I remember he came out at the end of the meal, and I got up and I like hugged him, and he was like, "So he's like, oh, what is going on? Very, very sweet guy." And 
and that was where rocky uh, i don't know if that was the first time but rocky pronounced the mean polichat and then rocky will share the story of how he got a scolding later from a from a gentleman about how he pronounced the mean polichat to there yeah it was it was really funny i mean you know now of course you have to forgive us remember every state we go to we are not familiar with the food or the language so we often get our pronunciation wrong and that's not out of deliberate disrespect to anybody that's just the way it is you know i I'd, i'd love to invite people from kerala all the malayali speaking brothers and sisters to come down to punjab sunday and pronounce our food and then you'll know exactly what the problem is with pronouncing for me to pronounce the names of your food yeah like imagine saying kulcha just try that it's so yeah. difficult chole puture chole puture da lassi now you say that in malayali for a malayalam to say that malayali to say that is difficult but amachi is chili fish was something that we ate at uh, at the grand and it's called the grand since 1963 i think that's the name of the hotel written outside it was incredible and uh, of course my favorite is mean polichat which is a you know which is a pearl spot fish which is the kerimeen fish cooked in spices wrapped in a banana leaf and uh, i think i pronounced it as mean polichat too and when i when i was back there about about a year ago 6 months 7 8 months ago eating at the grand it since 1963 a gentleman came out and said you know i remember seeing your show a few years ago but you completely mispronounced it you said i am eating the burnt fish or the fish that has been burnt completely uh, or something that has been burnt and i was like i'm sorry he said yeah, if you don't know how to pronounce it ask someone i said i asked lots of people just can't do it my tongue doesn't work on it so the best i can figure is that is mean polichetter and if you think i've still got it wrong and i'm still saying something wrong please let me know and please tell uncle not to scold me because he really scolded me for like 5 minutes and uncle, i was like sorry uh, uncle sorry. if you're listening don't feel bad he just pronounced lorry baker as like a buzia so only chat to is not that bad so meo now you tell me only chat to sounds like a parrot that's been licking something here only chat to something like a malayali parrot what are you leaving us with meo I'm a vegetarian so it's only fitting that I should leave you the story of Babia the vegetarian <laughs> crocodile <laughs> so you remember we were on the drive on the highway and we were we were heading it was on the ride from Alapura I think to uh, Trivandrum and uh, we we were on our way to a place called Karunagapalli which we'll talk about further down and we stopped at this temple and they said that the resident deity here has blessed this crocodile this crocodile is called Babia and it's vegetarian and if you remember and they said it's he was steeping down there and we climbed up and we maintained a very healthy distance because there's this crocodile there with lots of rice on his head because people said they come and throw rice on him and i remember rocky saying what somebody's going to go down there and open and suddenly they're going to discover that the crocodile is not vegetarian but they said <laughs> that they had no records of him ever ever having tried to eat anybody but yes. no one asked the fish Yes, there are there are no fish in that temple pond. Number one, it's a huge pond. There should be large fish, but Babia has obviously been quietly doing fish curry and rice at night without telling anybody. But but more importantly, more importantly, even the priest who's been there forever doesn't really believe Babia is vegetarian because if you remember, the camera had been set up and we were like, get him to move, and Babia was a crocodile. He wasn't moving. He was absolutely like a stone. So the priest went down to the mouth of this little cave that Babia had gone into, and just for I, because I'm a twisted guy I I evil I threw a apple behind him and made a splash and the priest climbed up that wall so fast like, I've never seen a 65 year old man climb a 20 foot wall in 1 and 1/2 seconds 
So don't believe. Look, if somebody tells you there's a vegetarian crocodile, don't go down and put your hand in the crocodile's mouth to feed it rice. You will lose an arm. <laughs> there are no vegetarian crocodiles in the world. Take my word for it. <laughs> that was a lovely sequence. I remember it was evening. We got the sunset, and I just loved sitting there and bloody soaking in the breeze. Yeah, that was that what was a a what a beautiful temple. Yeah, I mean, talk about yeah, the temple. It was lovely. You walk in. There's a tiny walkway. You walk in. There's a huge pond and on all four sides there's water and like an island in the middle is this magnificent wooden temple constructed in the uh, traditional kerala architecture without any metal bolts or without any concrete just wood pieces fitted into each other really stunning yeah yeah now rocky you tell me your parting story from kerala oh i, I still have to tell a story i thought i told but there are so many what do you want to talk what do you want me to okay, tell you you know we, we should not leave just i just can i can tell you bit. about I can tell you about uh, the Ketuvalams, yeah, the backwater cruises. No, we you did know, that. I mean, we've, we, you know, we've done the backwater cruises. We, okay, why don't you just tell us a little bit about the Munnar Tea Country because we haven't touched that at all. So just a little bit about that, and then we shall some, you know, in a subsequent episode come back to Kerala. So the the drive through Munnar was beautiful, the tea. But is that tea like a spectacular tea, or it's just like? No, I I think we we'll, we we'll leave Munnar for what it is. But what I want to talk to you about is uh, talk, talk to you about Karunagapalli. which is a beautiful place again there are these you know what we have in north india as the typical dhaba in kerala we have the most incredible restaurants and that is why it's my favorite food state in the world i mean i would rather be eating in kerala state on any given day and uh, that's because the uh, the kind of food that you get in a shop you could walk into a shop and you could have chicken mutton prawns fish freshwater fish saltwater fish beef pork everything under one roof and uh, mayur i know you're going to you're going to chip into this one but we stopped at a restaurant which was right next to a small banana shop and a toddy shop and so we got a couple of liters of toddy and while we were looking they had eight varieties of bananas you remember that mayur we made a whole sequence oh, yeah, out of it oh yeah the different they had different names on them the, because it, i mean in kerala they do that they have all these different bananas and they actually different species of bananas are used for for stew some are used in traditional desserts but yeah i remember do you remember the names of any of them no i don't remember the malayali names of any of them but the banana chips man i mean they are just fantastic that is something that i got addicted to in kerala when i was there and any time of the day or night or year if you come to my house there'll be lots of packets of banana chips because i just love those they're incredible right on that note we're going to have to say goodbye there is lots more to share uh, you can imagine having spent 10 years just shooting around the country and driving with multiple trips to kerala other than the trips we've taken on our own so we sorry we've missed out a lot of stuff that's true for punjab and that will going to be true for uttar pradesh that's going to be true for a lot of places but we'll try to cover as much as possible thank you guys for being a part of this journey we hope we can keep your spirits up and your morale high in these bleak days of lockdown remember If you can't get to the highway, we will get the highway to you. Listen to us, travel with us through this podcast, and let's go through this phase till we are on the road again. Do give us a rating or a favorable review, whatever platform you listen to us on, because it will help other people discover this podcast. On that note, uh, Rocky, Mayur, Prashant, do we have a food quote we can leave our audience with? I'm ready with two lines. All right, Mayo, you go with yours. A Rocky confused with architects. and a vegetarian crocodile called babia kerala has lots of food including the maplaat cuisine that partly came from arabia wow wow, wow what rhyming ah. <laughs> shayar shayar rocky rocky gulzar 
even though I hate communism, Kerala will always get my votes. You can eat so many kinds of foods and you can do a race on a dragon snake boat. ंग Prashant, it's your turn now. Come on. Prashant, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna pass on that, man. My mind doesn't work in limericks. <laughs> doesn't work in limericks, but if yours does, write it into us with your limericks, with your mail. Until we meet again, we will take you on another state journey in our next episode. Until then, adios, amigos. Yeah, bye, guys. Stay safe. Stay home. Stay happy. Eat well. Smile, laugh, love lots. Enjoy your life before it gets over because of Corona, Corona. Corona or anything else be safe be safe bye bye all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent to catch all our podcasts on news pop culture current affairs and sport visit newslaundry.com follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and subscribe to our youtube channel